This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? This is Richie, Post-America Podcast. We're back. Today, we're doing something a little different. We have Scott Vogel from Terror, and uh, we were talking, and we said, let's do this thing. It almost has the vibe of a tour situation, backstage antics, bus traveling sort of thing. What do you say, Scott? Is this kind of like the idea of this? Yeah, just nonsense, bullshit talking. I, I You just made me th- think of a question, though. Oh, I did. We're backstage, right? Me and yeah. you. Yeah. What version of me do you like better? Sober in the afternoon version. And now we're not talking over the edge, belligerent idiot, but buzzed and feeling good version. Or is that is that still too much? I like 30. No, no I, I like about 27 minutes until belligerent <laughs> version comes. <laughs> Just because, when you're when you're going up the roller coaster, just before you hit. Yes, when there's still <laughs> like there's like eleven to fourteen percent reason, you know, you still have some reason, and you might not decide to break a television, <laughs> but but you're about to, and it's funny, you know, and then then it goes too far. But yeah, about twenty seven minutes before you go bananas is is the best part. You got dead sober, closest to straight edge Scott you've ever got right here. So sorry to let you down. Well, it's just over the computer. It's all right. But yeah, that was the idea. So me and me and Scott said we're going to ask each other a handful of questions, and uh, any topic, nothing's off limits, and we're going to see how it goes. I have no idea what he'll ask. He has no idea what I'll ask. And this is fun because the the feud that Scott and I had is finally over. We're friends again, as you could all see, and Scott. <laughs> Scott uh, came to me and he, you know, he gave his regards and now we're, we're friends again, right? We're good. All right. <laughs> till the, I'm, till, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. What, what, what? Till the next uh, terrible. You're very uh, sensitive, though. You're a sensitive guy. I didn't realize. What, what's your what's your sign? Your your birth sign? Aries. Oh, yes. Very sensitive. No, actually, I Should- don't know if that's sensitive at all. I've just made that up. But. <laughs> Are you sensitive by nature? This isn't one of the questions, but do you consider yourself sensitive? Yes. And you you want to know something crazy? What? I look for movies that are going to choke me up. Hopefully not to the point where they like push me over the edge and I'm full-blown bawling. But I enjoy a movie that makes me super emotional. So is that se- I think that's sensitive, right? Yeah. but But the fact that you seek it... Oh, I seek it. That's that that tells me something. What does that, it tell you? It, it, you want proof that you are alive and you can feel. So sometimes when you're alone, you scare yourself a bit and it's hard for you to relate to other people. And then so you you think by putting these movies on, if they can cause that reaction, that would be human, which is I'm supposed to cry at this part, then you you tell yourself, "Okay, I am human." I, I am a part of the tribe because sometimes you fear that you are separate. True or false? 
I don't know what it means, but I wonder. Maybe you're onto something. But uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely human, and I'm alive because if I didn't hold back, I would be a fucking bawling little mess. Wow. Yo, wouldn't it be cool to be like a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever it is? I would love that. You play those little games. I, you're, you're probably about to play those games with me right now. No, I know your, no, no. I know your mo. No mo. But okay, let's get started. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Either, either, either or. Well, I don't mind. All right, I'll, I'll throw one at you. I'll throw one at you. Even okay. though we already asked them, but we shouldn't have. We're coming in raw dog, okay? And this is <laughs> this is funny that you mentioned what you mentioned because my honest to God, my first question was, do you remember the last time you cried, and what was the reason? Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to avoid out like little movie cries that I just mentioned. I'm I'm looking for a real one. Okay. It's funny cuz uh that fanzine that the dude from Texas the Reason did. I think he always had this in his interviews. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You, you don't cry it, normally. That's why you look for it in the movies. Yeah, and I'm not like avoiding this because I just told the whole world that, that the whole world's listening to this, that I look for reasons to cry during movies. Uh-huh. But, I'm trying but, but in to real think. life, you, you're a crocodile. Um, I want to say maybe when uh, a few... Ah, fuck, man. When my ear was all fucked up from COVID and I got this sinus surgery, I was so like, I don't know what they did because I was asleep, but I woke up and it felt like they shoved scalpels down into my nasal and I was like just bleeding and ah, I should have, could have, could have shed a couple tears that I do know that when uh, I had like, I have so many back issues, but finally like two maybe about two years ago i uh one of my discs that was bulging i finally tweaked it and some of the insides of it came out it's the like the the doctors describe it as like a jelly donut you finally push it and some of that shit comes out holy shit and it was the first time in my life that i could not find a position that i could sleep in like whether I was on the, my side, my other side, my back, my stomach. So I would be like on the floor because that's the best feeling position by myself in like the living room. This is when I was still in California and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't get comfortable. I was in constant pain and I think it pushed me over the edge and I was like crying like, what the fuck have you done to yourself? You stupid motherfucker. That's so I'm going with brutal. that. So that's a <laughs> that's a pain cry. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm no, I'm familiar with back issues, so I, I feel for you there. That because, but but like you said, you got to the point where there was no comfortable position. I haven't gotten to that. So if I did, I don't know what I would do. That sounds like a nightmare. It wasn't so much the pain made me cry, but just the misery of like, what is the next six months of my life going to be like? Why do I keep doing this to myself? I don't know yeah. what it was. It was the pain and the s- serious severity of the situation. 
Very interesting. Isn't that crazy? That was my first question, and you popped out like normal. No, I was already like, already I prepped. I wanted to let the world know I was a crier, so when we got to it, I was ready to fire <laughs> it off. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Very good. Very honest guy, this guy. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm looking at my list because you came with some like heartfelt thing. All right. You get kicked out of the United States of America. So are we going or do you want to answer your own question? Uh, or is yeah, it, is it just for me? Okay. Yeah. You get kicked out of the United States of America. You got to go. Uh-huh. Richie, you're out of here. Uh-huh. But the world is your oyster. Where are you planting the Richie flag for the, for the rest of your life? Hmm. You know what? Ah, I would say Italy, but the language would be a little bit of an issue. You know, I have some friends, some family, but the language would still be a little bit of an issue. I'm going to go to London, England, even though the food sucks and the weather sucks. And I'm going to I'm going to plant my flag in London, England, live amongst my people, my friends, speak the language. And uh, maybe open a little uh, deli or something. See if I can make a couple bucks. Uh, London, definitely. London, England. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely cool. not like, not even in my top 50. Not top 50? I mean, that's a, that's a, that could be a bold over, over. That's a, a huge insult to people from London. You could fit 50 <laughs> other places you could find you'd rather go before that shithole. That's like it. Like, in, not in my type top 50 would be like, uh, I don't know, fucking Serbia or not. Serbia is nice now, actually. When I was a kid, that's when I was devastated. It would be like, I don't know, Kabul, Afghanistan or something. It would not be in my top 50. To you say know what's weird? Your top 50 is crazy. <laughs> You know, it's weird to kind of reel it back. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're onto something because I hate the sun. I hate the beach. Mm-hmm. I hate happy. I hate happy people. They do speak. Hey, we've got a special guest. Um, put it back in the freezer and I'll get it afterwards. But thank you. Um, I hate the sun. I hate the beach. I hate happy people. They do speak English. I yeah, guess my dude. brain, my brain kind of goes to like Costa Rica and stuff, but that's like beach land. Yeah. If you wouldn't, I mean, why would you like Costa Rica all of a sudden? If normally you don't like that whole type of environment anywhere else. Well, now we're getting into me answering my own question. So maybe I'm crossing the line, but I might go like Hamburg, Germany might pop to number one. Dude, Hamburg is dope. I would, uh, you know, what? my other choice, I was thinking Berlin, I was going to say, but yeah. uh, I do like Berlin, but yeah, but uh, London for me, Hamburg, I could relate Hamburg. You're good too. with just English in Hamburg. You, you're right. You could survive. No problem. You know, Italy, though, it might be a problem. I, I like too how you, you come at me for insulting the, the, you, the London people, but you started off with <laughs> shitty, <laughs> shitty food. What was the other thing? The weather sucks. <laughs> you know like what else about weather. Italy? Italy, you get robbed. They rob everybody over there. I don't want, <laughs> you know what I mean? A bunch of animals over in Italy. But I'm going to London, and I think that if you really thought about it, that would be in your top 10. 
Maybe Dude, the, the underworld is incredible for shows. Cool people. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe. Yeah, cool. I feel yes. I feel like it's it's like it would be it wouldn't be too much of an adjustment. And I love America. I love it over here. And uh, it's a shame that they booted me out, but they did what they had to do. <laughs> and I'm going to London, and it's not it's not too much of a culture shock. I mean, as, are there nicer, like more vacation type spots? But yeah, but I wouldn't want to live in those spots. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. Right. Maybe, maybe you're right. Now I'm gonna hit you up with number two, okay? Okay. Okay. Check this out. <laughs> you just found out you have ten days to live. Oh, How shit. do you spend? Your last 10 days. You're like trying to get me to cry right here. No, this is, you know, I, I wonder, like, what would Vogel do? Would he listen to, you know, uh, Minor Threat over and over? I, I don't know. Like, wh what would a guy like you do for the last 10 days? Oh, that's a rough one. I would definitely would not listen to Minor Threat once. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of like hardcore, you know, like. I think the issue here is they let me know I only have 10 days because I think the reality would be I take all the money I have in the bank, mm -hmm. you know, which isn't like this huge amount, but it'd be enough to get a couple cool things done. And I think I would just go into a sick, sick state of doing, you know, how everything in life that feels really great is really bad for you. Yes. I would just start eating the worst things in the world. Yeah. Ingesting the worst mind altering things and just go into a complete 10 day downfall. Ugliest thing you could ever see and go out with a bag. That's the, that's like the reality of it. Like a real degenerate like that. Yeah, like I could say like, oh, I donate what I have and go hug everyone that deserves a hug and go on top of a mountain and meditate for 24 hours. But that's definitely not happening. Wow. I'm going full sickness. Would you try to write one more song? I think the world hasn't not like, dude, my whole whatever you want to call it, discography of stupid Scott. There's like 20 albums. I think they got it. I don't think they need any more. Yeah, but the one, if they knew that oh, one, oh, he wrote right. this one in his last 10 days. Forget yeah, it. You, the rest true. of the boys in the band would be making a little penny off that while you were gone. <laughs> when I'm at that thing you talked about, the right before the real evil guy shows up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I could pen the greatest lyrics of yeah. every regret I've ever had. Well, listen, if that situation comes up, try to write one track at least. Okay. At sure. Least. Why not? But I dig, I dig, I dig the, the vibe you went in. <laughs> I, I, I like that. You said you're not going to try to make peace with anybody or reach out and, you know, <laughs> make amends. <laughs> I, you didn't even mention that. I love it. What a sicko. Would Luke, would Luke, like, you know, you have like that wingman that carries you through. He would be probably good because in the midst of all the misery, he brings joy. Even when you're in the ugliest depth, he'll crack a joke or he's just always happy. So 
he you might. And if he knew that through. was your situation, he would be tending to you. He wouldn't. He wouldn't sleep one one second that whole time. He would be tending to you if he knew it was your last moment. What would be What would be keeping him awake besides my death? Any other substances? Oh, forget it. Come on, <laughs> straight to the nostril. He'd be grind. His teeth would be ground down to like a chiclet by the end of that ten days. <laughs> All right. See, I like mine. I like that. Mine are just like off the off the the hip. I shot from the hip. I didn't like try to get. You are a psychologist. Look at the two questions you've given me. You found out I'm a crying baby, sick, demented person already. You know what though? Your crying wasn't due to emotional stuff. It was due to. Well, you know, it sort of was. It sort of was. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're an evil guy. We're gonna get to the end, but to, to the bottom of it by the end of this. But <laughs> you're an evil guy. All right, give me a couple bands, whether it's in hardcore or rock or hip hop, whatever, that most people love, and you think is a pile of dog shit. All right, the main one that comes to mind is the Beatles. Okay. I don't really understand the genius. The people say this is, you know, genius, this and that. And I hear we all live in a yellow submarine. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is not genius. This is like it to me. It could have just as well been the monkeys that we <laughs> idolize. You know what I mean? You know, remember that band, the monkeys? Hey, hey, with the monkeys. It's like it could have been them. Like, what is so genius about the Beatles outside of it being America's, you know, the, or the world's blueprint? to a boy band which kind of it was it was the first boy band so people love that band i'm not saying they don't have any good songs i'm saying i just i don't get it i really don't get the beatles that would be the the biggest one that comes to mind okay i can get with that i'm not a big fan mine you know, might be mine might be rage against the machine dude, cannot that's another one i don't get it like <laughs> like come on like all right you analyze the songs that are popular and it's just like this guy saying the same line over and over. And it's like, uh, it's like, I've seen them live. It's it, I was bored. I listen, you know, my, uh, one time for some reason, you know, my brother doesn't buy birthday gifts. Right. But for some reason, one uh, my birthday came up years. And when I was like, I don't know, 20 and he decided he's going to buy me a birthday gift. It was very weird. And he bought me, a record of rage against the machine because he's like oh you're into like this kind of music right and i was like oh yeah man oh thanks that's really cool in my head i'm like what the fuck are you thinking i don't listen to shit like this and he was totally clueless but yeah you're on point with that i don't get rage against the machine i don't get the beatles i don't get uh i don't there's probably so many but I, you know what do you i know you want to hear me? Want to see me reverse this one? Yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason, you know that band Stained? Yes. They're like, they're, they have like kind of like heavier, like uh, maybe new metal type songs. I don't care about those, but they're really slow ballads. For some reason, I really like them. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure which ballads they are, but I bet you I might like those as well because I'm a sucker for like a ballad. You know? I think like I'm on the uh, yo, that's that's a great song. <laughs> uh, I see your true. Yeah, I didn't know that was them. 
That is maybe. Good. I think it's them. I don't know. I have no fucking clue, but I I think that's a pretty good song. I hope that's them, or oh, maybe it's not bad if I said I like Stain, but I don't know their songs. It like evens out. Yeah, yeah, but. you shouldn't like them, but if that's that's a pretty cool song. If that's them, we don't know for sure. It might be, but uh, who else could we mention in that? Rage Against the Machine, The Beatles. I wonder who else I could fucking think Just of. Like shit people. Oh, I'm gonna say Minor Threat. Everybody <laughs> sweats Minor Threat. I'm like, this is goofy. Like this is like. I don't know. It's you know, okay, I get I get the value in how early it was in the game, but it was just to me it was like just sounded goofy. I don't know. I can build off that. I was into Minor Threat when I first got into hardcore. Yeah. But then Fugazi came out and that I do definitely do not want any part of and that kind of made me not like Minor Threat. Yeah, and I, I uh I know, you know, I got we both have friends who are friends with that guy that sings for those bands. But a couple of interviews I saw with that guy and I'm like, this guy's a dick. Like he just sounds like a dick. I remember him talking in in an interview about his brother getting punched or punching someone and that's when he knew he was done with hardcore. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You could get punched at the bus stop. Like, it, it has nothing to do with, you know what I mean? It's just a fight. Right. He always sounds like when he talks, he's like on the verge of tears. He's like one of those guys. He's so like emotional about everything he says. It's like oh, the voice is quivering. I don't know. I don't like that uh, personality, but maybe he's all right. I never met him. I'm just saying, you know. I never saw Minor Threat, but, you know, I saw, you know, I had the records and I saw like another state of mind and VHS tapes and, insanity and stage diving and moshing yeah, yeah. and then fugazi comes out and you know everyone in hardcore is excited because it's the guy from minor threat and they play in buffalo like maybe 91 i think with quicksand at the college here and they after like three songs they walk off they first they warn the crowd if anyone else stage dives they're out of here this isn't a football game and then they someone stage dives and they walk off stage and i'm like Dude, you just taught me how to stage dive, and now you're telling me it's fucking what a ruining the world. What a bunch of jerks! Think about <laughs> that. The only reason people are at their show is because they're known from their hardcore band. Now they're trying to distance themselves to the point where they're scolding their fans. Right. Like, okay, let's say Minor Threat was playing, and everybody was standing here. You'd be all upset. Okay, so we got to know what costume you're wearing when you show up. Okay, so this this costume is the the band that we stand at, like we're in a library. Okay, now this one is the one where we go crazy and we jump on top of each other. Like, it's just nonsense. Yeah, see, I can't get you. Fuck that. That's a that, minor threat. Fugazi, I don't know too much about except the uh, I'm in uh, the shading room or whatever it's called. Like, uh, every, nah, who cares? That's a good one. I like that. I could go on. Just this question alone, this is a great question because... This is backstage talk. Yeah, hundred percent. What we could expand on this question is that against the rules or no? No, I, you got. I've got no time limits. I don't know how much now, the world wants to hear my stupidity. Well, I, I want to hear it now. If we <laughs> we do the same one, but let's keep it, let's keep it strictly in it's our hardcore. own our own scene. Yes, okay, in our own scene. Bands people like, but we could never get into. Yeah. Yeah, bands people uh, like I guess minor threat uh, is our own scene, but you know I more, got one, more current if possible. Who? Oh, I got, they're not current, but I got one. Who? 
into another. Could never, could never do it. Could never get into it. Yeah, I don't know because I was never willing to uh, even listen to it because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> I wasn't, but I bet I wouldn't like it because that's like are they a Krishna band? Or no, not? it's the it's the singer Underdog who I completely love and the uh-huh. drummer of Bold, Bold who I love, and it's this like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like. They they went for a look that was like tripped out, like almost like seventies, like uh, bright colors and big collars. So the the image really? alone, I, definitely <laughs> definitely at the time I was way too narrow minded to accept that even. But still, they were on Revelation, so you know, of course, I tried. I wanted to like it, but it's this like almost like power rock with and the singer, the guy from Underdog, Richie. His vocals are. I can't even describe it. I don't even know what to call it, but I mean, it definitely talented It definitely like some really hard riffs, but it was, it's just over my head. I need like, give me hate breed. Give me yeah. a fucking, give me hate breed, you know? Yeah. I don't, I, I can't jump in on that one just cause I don't know the material. And for some reason I thought they were a Krishna band. Maybe I'm picturing that weird satanic looking. Don't they have like a star logo or something in their thing? Or? Y- yes, yes, and, yes. And I and then I was making that into like that shelter wheel, you know. What about shelter? Give me Whack. your shelter. I don't fuck with shelter. It's like <laughs> I, listen, love, it's, I love the early stuff, and then they lost me quick. I when I seen them live, I was like. I thought that their drums sounded great, right? They had this a great sound, but it's like, it's, it's, I can't take it serious because they're in costume and it's like, <laughs> I just saw them in their other band and they didn't have these costumes on, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, all right, so this, this band, I wear this wardrobe and pretend I'm this. And in this band, even though I'm the same person, I wear this wardrobe and come on, I can't fuck with that, bro. Unless it's like a, you know, Viking metal. And the the whole deal is like a gimmick, but in hardcore, it's, it's not supposed to be gimmicks. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, you, you must really back me then because I exact same haircut, exact same dressing since I was like 15. Just no gimmicks. That's what I like. More, Except more the cover up. You covered up a straight edge tattoo. Other than that, <laughs> why, why, do I, why do I think to, that? Like I, I don't know, but it's so bizarre for the world listening. Richie thinks I had like a big youth of today X fist tattooed on my leg at some point. <laughs> I remember. I, I thought I was like, oh, that's that dude from that band. Oh, he's straight edge. He got that thing, huh? And I didn't really know you at the time. And years later, I saw you and you were drinking. Like, what the fuck? I thought this dude was straight edge. And then when I said something to you about it, you're like, I never had that tattoo. But I don't know if that's true with the cover-up technology nowadays. And I'm going to go out of the limb and tell you once again, never, never, never. But yeah, that's my deal with shelter. Like I, I can't take it serious. And then I'm gonna throw youth of today in the mix too. I can't take them serious. Damn. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I like them so much. I got the tattoo. So. Yeah. A lot of people got that tattoo, and they didn't stick to that lifestyle. It's not for everybody. But uh, I can't think of anybody else. I'm just on a mission to 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 talk shit, and uh, those are the ones that came to mind. Okay, let's let's narrow it down. Let's say. 
I don't even want to use that term. I was going to say, who's the most overrated tough guy band? But tough guy bands never get too big anyway that you could be like, oh, they're too big. They're not, the, you know. It's hard to do in hardcore because nobody blows up like that anyway, you know. I'm trying to think of a really hard. I like most of the really hard bands. Yeah, I like I'm all the ignorant bands anyway, so it'd be hard. <sighs> I will. I will say maybe Dying Breed is the most underrated, really hard band. Like, yeah, Dying dude, Breed is hard. that <laughs> shit is so good. The recording to the album so good. The songs are so good, and like you know, people that know know, but a lot of people don't know at all. I feel a lot of people don't know that whole region and that whole time frame. There was a lot of right. hard bands from there, man. Like the the QE2, the QE2 crew. Yeah, like that whole what would you like Poughkeepsie, Albany, Newburgh, like right. those those like small New York cities outside of New York City, you know. But they're like cities among themselves. Right. I guess you could call them upstate, but uh. Stigmata yeah, kind of broke out. Everyone kind of really knows Stigmata, but other than that, you're right. Like all the wartime manners and fucking. And was it other section, band? Section Eight and yeah. Cutthroat. Fucking. What was the band that was kind of like the? I remember the singer uh, filling in for All Out War on a tour. Really, Mike? Mike didn't do a tour. I think so. I think so. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Brutal something, maybe brutal. I can't remember. Fuck. Another hard ass band. But yeah, like in that region, like there was even a comp back then, like 518 comp or something like that. Uh, I, I think yeah. they did the We the People comp was out of Albany. You got a better memory with that than me. I think maybe Dark Side, New York City, they're pretty underrated too, like kind of unknown. Yeah. Yeah. They were cool. They, and, and they had that early, like, uh, like the crossover kind of metallic element. A lot of cool bands. Confusion was in that camp with yes. them. They were cool. But now we're talking about cool bands. We're supposed to be talking about whack bands. <laughs> we're well, not here to give props. We're here to cause trouble. You're talking beatdown shit, or like I don't even know if beat beatdown is now John John John. So hard well, who, shit that. Who is the first beatdown? Is it Bulldoze? Is that the blueprint of beatdown? I would think so, especially for coining the term, right? I, well, yeah, I'd say they definitely coined the term. There was a band around here called No Retreat. I don't know if you're familiar with them. And they, I thought uh, they were P Pittsburgh, no? Well, yeah, when I say around here, okay. from one end of Pennsylvania to the other, you, we are completely <laughs> unified. <laughs> it could be seven hours away, but that's okay. Okay. And actually, the drummer that started uh, No Retreat, he was the original drummer in my band, Crutch. Nice. And, then he, and he moved out there, but they were all by all Sonics sound wise. They were a beatdown band very early, early on. Do, do they pre predate Bulldoze? I don't know. That's what I'm fucked up with hardcore. Like to me, I, I don't know who's when or what, but maybe not. But like right around the same time. But if it was maybe a year off or something or I don't know. Does Marauder predate Bulldoze? I think so. I think Marauder was, uh, I think so, but I'm not positive. I'm not so certain they're beat down, but they give off the vibe of you want to give someone a beat down. Totally. Yeah. I wouldn't call them musically beat down, but I remember that I got the, uh, I got their demo at that, uh, biohazard record release party. 
that had Marauder, Madball, Bulldoze, 25 to Life, Crown of Thorns, and one more band opening for them at the Roseland. And that's where I got the, I think that's where I got the Marauder demo. And I was like, damn. And I was with the <laughs> Minus singing, the original singer. Right. That shit was dope. Yeah. <laughs> what a good batch of bands. Now, what, like currently in hardcore, what do we got? We got the, I mean, there's some bands that are doing incredible as far as moving, you know, like uh, numbers, you know, streams and likes and all that. You got Code Orange, you got Knock Loose, you got Turnstile. And I don't know if Vane is up in that mix, but those three bands just number wise seem to be doing really well. And uh, the thing is, if Vane is, is Vane on that level or no? You, maybe you know better. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, okay, I'm not maybe like I'm number guys, but I would say they're a few steps behind those bands, right? Maybe they are then. Because I was going to say, and okay, three Knock of them. Did you, you got, name Knock Loose? I did. I Knock Loose, okay. Code Orange, Turnstile. Style. Said, you know right. what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at Spotify right now and see the numbers of monthly plays for each of those bands. I'm going to have you guess. Well... Th there's an unfair advantage right now. I mean, because there's I new think, material by Turnstile. Yeah, Turnstile just puts out all this new shit, so I think their numbers are going to be fucking off the fucking charts right now. Well, I'm looking right now. I'm going to get all the numbers. I'm going to write them down, and then I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> okay. Hold on, hold on. Damn, this is pretty impressive. I'm going to have to call are, these guys are you borrow some money. <laughs> are you asking me who has the most monthly Spotify plays? One, don't, two, and three? Don't fucking look. Don't look. I'm not. I'm, I'm looking I, now. I I, okay. I'm on my phone. Here's my hands. I'm clapping. You got your girl. She's actually wearing an earpiece. She's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I've I'm got just... like a, a podcast like where they have like their little uh, gopher. <laughs> Uh, look this up for me. I got um, one more. I'm looking at the right, last I'm, one. I'll just tell you. I'll tell you now while you're looking. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give you the numbers, and I'm going to tell you, ask you, who do you think? Okay. Okay. The first number I'm going to give you. Uh-huh. 298,125 Spotify listens and monthly month. listeners who do you think holds that number Two hundred ninety-eight thousand one hundred twenty-five. knock loose correct wow i study this shit daily i need to know numbers like crunching numbers all the time and then code orange is going to be above that with like right now they're going to be blowing it up for four hundred thousand code and orange then, oh no 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 excuse me excuse me code orange uh Okay, where do you put Code Orange? Uh, above or below 298,000? They're going to be below at about 198. No, even a little lower, 170. 245. That's pretty fucking good. That's good, but they are Wait. below. Damn, you got it. You're on point. You're a real what? You're in this game, baby. <laughs> what's the uh what's the uh Turnstile listens 478,263. I, I said 400. You did. Unbelievable. Give me a job, Spotify. You know what? You're in the business, and you know the fucking business. 
That's the key. That's why you have longevity in this fucking game. Who's your manager? Vitalo? Get rid of him. Get Mancuso. I'm going to make a star one, out of you. He's the one that's pumping those numbers up for fucking turnstile and knock loose. Yeah, he works with them. But yeah, both of them. Hey, Vital, you need an assistant? I'll get you coffee. I'll get you a bagel, whatever you need. I'm done with concrete. That's very good. Oh, who's up in the questions? Let's get back. I don't want to insult too many bands. I think I asked you two and you only, no, I think we're two for two or no, I only asked. No, no. It's your turn. Okay. my. Turn. You asked me crying and my 10, 10 days. days till I die. I asked you kicked out of the U S and bands you hate that everyone loves. Okay, back. Question number three from Richard to Scott. You have to permanently delete one terror album oh, easy. from history. Which one and why? The Damn the Shame. Um, going into the psychology direction, I think it has something to do with it was a low point for my mental state. Like I was drinking way too much. And I was very miserable. And that probably reflected on the band that I came into the studio with no lyric. I was literally writing the lyrics the day of the song, which means I'm just making up shit that rhymes, which is whack, like phoning in the lyrics. Really? Um, yeah, doesn't that suck? Yeah, man. It's not like um, you. No, it's not at all like me. Um what else was happening on that record? Yeah, just too much drinking. Also, that was like, that was the, the peak moment of terror, like doing these outside of the box tours where we were like really trying to go for like the next hate breed move and just doing these tours that we were just taking because we thought would be good for the band. And then mm. you realize what's good for the band is everyone's happy and you're around your friends and you're doing shows at, clubs you like with people at the show that you like and it kind of took us that record to realize that but mm. the good thing was everything i just described pushed us to do keepers of the faith which was like a high for the band or a great time for the band yeah that so, was so it's always darkest before the dawn but that one's fucking gone there's a couple of good songs on it um that song Betrayer, I I mean, if if I could cut half the songs and throw them in the garbage and make it like a, a seven inch, then I think you would have a really solid terror record. But um, we did that like garage cast with the, with the band listening to all the records yeah. and commenting on them. And I remember on that record, I was like, how did I let this part make the fucking record? There's like... There's some shit going on in those songs where I'm like, dude, not good, not acceptable. Now, does anybody else in the band have the the power or, you know, the say, the sway to say, yo, this is whack. Redo that or no, as far as your vocals. Oh, oh, I'm I'm extreme. I Currently, I'm extremely open. There is terror songs that. I had didn't even write the lyrics to I'm open to anything. I'm open to getting anything to the greatest point. When we did that record with Will Putney, when you came to the studio, mm -hmm. I would say to everybody, okay, 
I'm going to write the lyrics to this song tonight. Anybody that wants to, we would go in one of those little side rooms. I'd put the song on and we'd, I would invite anyone's help. I mean, in the end, it's all on me to say, this is the song. I like it. You know, this line, I don't really like blah, blah, blah. This word's really weird. I would never say this, but I'm fully open. And, and there's times where like, Nick will write a song musically and I'm like, Hey, I just don't really get that one. Let's skip it. Like, cause what it comes down to now is Nick and Jordan write most of the music uh, besides the newest record that Todd Jones helped with mm-hmm. um, Nick and Jordan really write this stuff. And I don't even want to know who wrote it. That doesn't matter to me. I just, whether if I really feel it, then I can write to it. If it's something I don't feel like the energy then it's hard for me to get a vibe off of it. But there's times where like Nick especially will be like, he'll take the song that I said I didn't feel. He'll like do some fake vocals over it. And then I'll see his vision. Cause I'm sure for you too, when you're writing music, maybe you hear the vocal patterns in your head and you hear this really cool thing. And then when Nick plays it back to me and I can hear where he's putting the vocals, I'm like, there's been times where I'm like, I still don't feel it, but uh, there's a few times where I'm like, Oh shit, that's awesome. And then it, it becomes like a really good song. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. We, we, uh, I had a, a time when we were doing a terror record. Uh, I can't remember which one, a couple records back. And I know Martin was going through some shit and I asked him to write lyrics specifically about what he was going through to one of the songs. And then me and him wrote to that song. So I'm open to anything to, to get, especially like I was saying, we're on like record 10. Anything that's going to make something fresh or someone's got an idea. Like I don't have this ego. Like it's got to be all me. So record 10. Incredible. <laughs> You're going to allow uh, link to do anything. Yeah. Link uh, link. When those sessions I was just talking about, he was in on a lot of them. That's on the, on the last, you know, on the new record, he's got some riffs on it. It was just, it was just a really weird situation this time. Cause you know, before I moved to Buffalo, we're all out in LA. No one can really come to LA. Jordan definitely can't come. He's in Toronto. And we just, it, things just really fell into a weird place where like we started getting together with Todd and just for the record, Todd's definitely not back in the band or anything. And we just started writing new terror shit. And we had like Link and Jordan sending their songs and then we'd work on them and they'd give their feedback. So like everybody's riffs on the record, but me, Todd and Nick were in the room doing it, like, which is exactly how the band started. So it was kind of bizarre. Well, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you just during that fucking pandemic shit, you just had to make do with what you could do By and it just so necessary yeah it just so happened that the three of us were all in la and just started getting together and writing shit that's sick you know i think people are going to be uh dis- some you know definitely some people will be disappointed with your your choice in that in that answer though because I, I know people that talk about that album you know well, they can probably see we hardly play anything off of it ever. So, well, with That's ten a, albums, right? I mean, what hard. is it? How many songs would you play in a set? A band like Terror, because you got standard, pretty, not overly long songs, most like two to three and a half minutes, right? Something like that. Less, but less, maybe fourteen songs. Okay, fourteen songs. 
and now 10 albums to choose from. That's I fucking mean, crazy. That is. It crazy. might be nine. It might be eight or nine, but it's a fucking lot. Then there's seven inches and the demo yeah, and fuck. Yeah, that's that's cool, though, because one thing with terror is it's like very few bands do this, but the whole set are reaction songs. You know, you see your favorite band and you know they got three bangers. And then some people like this song, some people like that song. But when those three come on, it's a short thing. Or even sometimes bands got one. But with Terror, you got like a, a set list of of really potential bangers. You know what I mean? So that's a cool thank, thing to have. Thank God, because it makes my job easier. Yeah, because I, you know, you know, <laughs> me, like yo, if 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 the reaction sucks, I'm like yo, fuck this, let's go home. Fuck the show's <laughs> over. <laughs> That's not true. That's how I am. Evan, our bass player, is like, I don't care. I just want to play. They shut up. If they don't care, I don't care. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Reese, one more song and we're out. We only played two songs. So what? <laughs> All right, good answer. Good answer. You're an honest guy. Good, good for you. What do you got? For All me? right. I want you to throw out a couple of your all-time favorite movies. My all-time favorite movie is... Forrest Gump. Really? Yes, I love that movie. I love Forrest Gump as a character. He's good. He's kind. He's decent. He always does the right thing. He works hard despite his situations. He overcomes. He adapts. And in the end, he fucking wins. Forrest Gump. Very nice. Great movie. Can, can you give us a few more? Dude, yeah. So we can we can expand the time on this question. I'd go. Um, there's see my movies are based on character. Forrest Gump is is the character. All right, so that's that movie's based on him. I, I love that character. Another one is Rocky. Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky Balboa is another great character that I love. Rocky did the right thing. Rocky worked hard. Rocky put his head down. He listened to fucking old smelly ass Mick, the trainer. He <laughs> married ugly Adrian, even though she was ugly. He didn't give a fuck. He loved her. He didn't, he didn't go around fucking other bitches, even though he became the heavyweight champ of the world. You know what I mean? So I'll go Rocky. Probably Rocky two is in the mix. Another one. I'll go Star Trek search for Spock. Spock is another character, a great, person a great vulcan a mix of the both he sacrifices himself in that movie he said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one as he went into the radioactive chamber and saved the enterprise and then kirk makes the speech at his funeral and he says of all the souls i've encountered in my travels his was the most human and you talk about <laughs> crying during a fucking movie. God damn it. Spock, Forrest Gump, <laughs> Rocky Balboa. Those are characters right there. That's the kind of people I like. I know everybody wants to worship these evil guys. Oh, he's evil. He's manipulative. Oh, she's a bitch. I like that. She's a bitchy. No, no. I like the good fucking people. That's who I like. Yes. You're yeah. one with the underdogs. Exactly. <laughs> who would you throw your movie guy i always 
go to uh, Shawshank Redemption. I know that's really generic, but that's a character, man. That is a great movie. I really like that. You know the the movie Miracle, the USA hockey team movie? Mm, no, I don't. Ooh, you should try that one. That's my favorite sports movie. Um, Miracle. You know, try it. Might, get, yeah. might pop a tear out. Sports movies could get me because, you know, they, they really apply those things, you know. This is a good one. What? Miracle. Great sports movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely check that out. And you say it's like an Olympic team? Yeah, it's the U.S. Olympic team, like ver- their their head on collision with the Russians. Oh, in the shit. in the nineteen eighty Lake Placid Olympics, really good. So Stand like, by me. Stand by oh, me is a top. That's classic. <laughs> you guys want to go see a dead body? <laughs> Yo, uh, Stand by me. The the who's the chubby kid in that in that movie? Gordy, Le- no, no. Uh, uh, Vern, Vern. Okay, so there's like three kids, right? And and it's the one chubby. The one dude always looked like the singer of my old band. And every time I see him, I say, "This is before we had a band," and he just hated me. We say, "You want? You guys want to go see a dead body?" He says, "Shut up, man! Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> but then overnight, like nice. he came back to school the next year, and he was like six foot six, all handsome. And I was like, "Ah, motherfucker!" I was ready to pick on this guy He's- for the rest of my life. And now he's all fucking cool. He said, you're going to be the dead body if you keep talking. (laughs) Yeah, for real. That is a classic. Man, so many good fucking movies, man. I think lately, though, is it me? Am I getting to be an old, bitter jerk? Or is it kind of like, like, what movie am I going to go see in a movie theater nowadays? It's got to be based on a dopey fucking comic book. I don't mess with comic books. I'm a grown man. Like, what what movie could I see anymore? Are are there any good ones out? Am I missing something? No, you're not. You are not. I'll I'll put this out there. Do you know the HBO series The Leftovers? Yes, I love the leftovers. And I love the soundtrack of the leftovers. That that piano, that simple piano, and they played every version of it. I get cold chills when I hear that. I think that's an extremely slept on series. So anyone that's listening that needs a a new series it's only three seasons but that shit is fucking brilliant it is just the whole concept like the idea if you you if you have like two minutes to explain it like i'm I'm like wow that's a fucking great idea and yeah maybe if i was like a a representative or a ceo or whatever the fuck they call it at hbo and you came to me with that idea i say give these people whatever fucking money they want that was a great uh a great idea a great series it's uh I really liked the the female character that used to shoot herself. Remember? Oh God, what a psycho! Yeah, but I was like, I was feeling her pain after a while. I was understanding. Oh. I was like, oh my God! Like and this not poor to, lady. Not too much spoil spoiler, but she lost many people. Yes, and that's why she was so in so much pain. And when you finally realize that, you were like, at first, you're like, what the fuck, a weirdo, this and that. And then you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have judged her like that. I felt guilty on my couch. I was like, can I get hold of this lady somehow and apologize for my initial thoughts? I always thought that uh, we should put a white suit on Errol and he can just smoke all day in the background and be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) 
Arrow would be a perfect one of those people in the, the cultist. <laughs> and that, that, that lady that was in it, remember her? Wow. And uh, isn't uh, Steven Tyler's daughter's in that, right? Liv Taylor? Yes, yes. I don't want to give spoilers, but she does some crazy shit, too. Listen, how could you not give a spoiler? This thing's probably 10 years old by now. Like, how old I know, is that? but I'm, I'm trying to push people to watch it, and then we blow it for them. Did you like right. the, uh, right. the music, the soundtrack to that, or you didn't even think about it? Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, everything about it's great. Oh, the music is so fucking... I downloaded it. I own that. I bought that when the uh, when I came out. Like, I, I got my girl to watch that. She's like, no. And she's like way more into like all watching series and sitting there and watching this and that than I am. She never heard of it. And I was like, yo, you're going to love this. I feel like you might be like me too, where, because you're weird like watching unabomber stuff over and over and like waco stuff over and over and ruby ridge yeah i like that stuff yeah it's it's fucking crazy (laughs) what a crazy world the world is so nuts the world (laughs) is so fucking nuts whenever i i was on a subway today i was like eyeballing everybody and i'm like i had a little story about everybody i was looking at oh this guy definitely over here he's definitely (laughs) i'll keep my eye on this guy oh this lady look at that oh just look at this nice old chinese guy i bet he knows a lot i wish i could sit with him he could tell me some (laughs) stuff you know he looks very knowledgeable you know what i mean i I always think when when terror's in like some sort of sketchy hotel for the night i'm always start thinking like or over the last 20 years, what has gone on in this fucking room? Yes, yes. Behind closed doors. Like, yeah, oh, dude. man. Did, and uh, that makes me think one time early on, years and years ago, we had a hotel in Poland. This is no lie. And we took the blanket off because some guys are going to sleep on the floor. So we'll give them the blanket. These guys could just have a sheet. And it was a bloody handprint on the sheet. I'm not even kidding. I was like, what the fuck? What happened in here? What did we miss? Did, have you ever had that situation where the hotel gives you the key and then you go to the room and you open the door and someone's already in the room? Yeah. Well, they, how did they make that mistake? Dude, that is so fucked up. It's the weirdest feeling because they you'll just lock eyes with the person and they're like, what the fuck? And you're like, what the fuck? And you're just like, ah. Yeah, and you're like, sorry, and they're like, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I don't even know what happened. They're gonna think I'm some weird pervert or some shit. Yeah, I've never make that in, mistake. That's so fucking stupid. I've never walked into a weird situation, but it's has had to happen to tons of people. Totally, and even now in Europe, it's twenty. Like last time we were there, twenty twenty one, and they're still giving you that old school skeleton key, motherfucking open, right? <laughs> Like that's the thing you use to open a key, like a door. That that's like a, yeah. from a, a horror movie. And they give you one, and you got like six dudes. You're I like, know. what? How the fuck are we supposed to get away from each other? Yeah. Now forget. I don't care if I come home broke. I gotta have my own room. Fuck everybody. I don't want to see these people's faces. They're barefoot, hanging out the side of the bed. I don't want to see none of that shit. <laughs> these weirdos. Fuck it. All right. Let me hit you up with another one. The leftovers. I can't believe you brought that up. I was just recently rewatching series and I rewatched Sopranos, uh, and that got done like a month ago. Then I rewatched Game of Thrones. Oh my god, that shit was incredible. You probably don't like that though. I can see you not liking that one. 
Mm-hmm. It's insane because my I I rewatched Sopranos for the, like the third time during this fun pandemic. Obviously, yeah, one of the that's if not the greatest show, that one of the greatest. But currently, right now, my girlfriend is on her Game of Thrones kick, and I know nothing about it. But she is she made today last night. She's like. Uh, the one girl from Game of Thrones is putting out a new comic book tomorrow. Can we go? Can we go get it? Oh, and wow. this is this is all shit she does not care about Game of Thrones or comic books. I'm like, <laughs> sure, or whatever you say. So it's to that level. In like a month, she's buying comic books. That's wild. So she's loving it then. <laughs> oh my god, addiction. you're not you're not like watching it with her, or you just don't care. No, I mean we've been together so long during this, we get our little space from each other. Dude, because I I mean it's insane. It's like this is the probably the third time I went through it and it just ended like uh maybe a week ago. And it's incredible. It's just a little harder because I'm not the smartest guy, and there's a ton of characters, and each character has history and this and that. And sometimes I don't even know who the fuck I'm looking at. But uh it's just really cool to put together really well. It's classic. She told, me, she told me there's a lot of like brothers and sisters fucking and there is. <laughs> yeah. And listen, and, and in the beginning when you're watching it, it's like, oh, okay, this guy's the star of the series. Oh, okay. Oh, he's dead. He not he just killed the star. And then you're like, oh, okay, I see. Okay, no, no, this guy was meant to be. Oh, he's dead now. What the fuck is going on? How did he kill him the star? It's that kind of thing. But now, yeah, I got into it. I can see why people wouldn't like it because it's like almost you got to pay attention too much. Sometimes you want to just escape like leftovers was good because that soundtrack and just the eerie movements, those people in white and like the whole idea, because while, while I was watching the leftovers, I was like putting myself in that situation. So I was missing so much like the, I'm like, Oh my God, imagine if this really happened. I guess we could tell people like the premise, right? Of no, nope. that's not. Uh, now we should say that. Let them go. Okay, let yeah. go just watch raw. it. Yeah, watch the left. Look, look for that. But uh, Game of Thrones, give it a shot. Stop being nasty with your girls. You know, she's like, <laughs> I wish God would come in here, watch this with me, cut a little bit, and you're out there yelling at somebody on the phone about an advance or something. Come on. I'm like Vitalo, get get our Spotify numbers up to the fucking knock yeah. loosest. Hurry, hurry, Vitalo. <laughs> hurry, hurry, boy. What's that? Col- uh, no, no. Uh, One Life Crew. Hurry, hurry, boy. Remember that shit? No, they say that it's got to be on the second one. I think it's on the second one with all the skit with all the skits. (laughs) They're like they're telling like the Indian guy, "Hello, how may I help you?" And uh, and he's like, "Do this, do that, do this, do that." Hurry, hurry, boy! (laughs) I don't know that one. Oh my god, crime-ridden society, right? Um, that's the first one. But uh, oh, what is the minus Americans Justice? American Justice, yeah, but crime-ridden minus a couple. Really dumb lyrics. What a fucking perfect hardcore record. Holy shit. Chubbs catches hate, but Chubb is is a great example of a hardcore drummer. He's just on point for a hardcore drummer. He's got Those Who Fear Tomorrow and Crime Ridden under his belt. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really really like American Justice. I thought it was really good, but yet it skits were ridiculous. He catches some heat because his mouth goes, yeah. you know, we both love him, but his mouth asks for it. 
Unfortunately, yeah, a lot of the lately, I think he's getting a raw deal. I think, uh, I think somebody's setting him up online. Like, I don't think this, like people are thinking like some of, of Rick Hilly's accounts are chubs. I'm like, no, nah, motherfucker. That's really Rick Hilly. Like, what the fuck? I don't think that's chubby uh, fresh pretending. But what do I know? Who knows? But uh, you're, yeah. you might, you might be going into a place I know nothing about. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what do I, I keep my mouth shut. I don't want to, you know, insult the wrong P every sensitive around this fucking place. All right, let me give you another question. Let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, it's your turn or my turn? I no, think, I think so. it's no. You okay. did the movie, right? The movie. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I think I'm on number four. Yeah, I'm on number four. Let's see. Number four. Um, I did have a bonus one. Should I skip four? Now nah, I'm going to give you number four. If you were to die today, what is would this be again? Again, this is different though. Like I wanted to know what you would do. You know, now I want to know what you would think. If you were to die today, what would be your biggest regret to have not done? So if Ooh. you were to die today, would there be something like, oh my God, and it, I was just about to, or oh fuck, I never did what? A lot of regrets. <laughs> well, that's um, for things you did, but how about something that you didn't do yet? Like something you're planning on doing, hey. you just haven't gotten around to it. The whole world's ahead of you, like the Pink Floyd song Time, but then boom, time's up. I'm trying to think. Uh, my answer would be based around regrets, like completely kicking the bottle and never taking another sip of liquor. Does that, does that fall under the category? Are you looking like go fucking climb a mountain or something like that? I, I'm looking for whatever the answer is, my friend. So you're saying the fact that you have not kicked the habit would be a regret? absolutely okay i thought that's where like marrying your girl or something like that but that's where all the misery and anger comes from the mm -hmm. bottle i used to drink from the bottle now the now bottle bottle drinks from me yes it does what a great line did blood for blood make that line or was it borrowed i know it from them but i'm not sure great line great fucking yes. line. yes I love so, lyrics that have self-like accountability. Like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I know. What am I supposed to do about it? I love that right. shit. Right. Yes, I think, you know, just just like, you know, because I'll quit drinking for a while and go back. And when I'm not on tour, it's really easy for me not to drink. But when it's tour time, so much forces, not forces me. Pushes, I mentally push myself to lube up my brain. And that's mm. that's going to be a regret if I don't uh, fix it. Mm. Now, if, okay, so drinking and playing live go hand in hand for you. Yes. How about days home? Does drinking come into uh, play at all or no? Zero. The only time is when I go see a band. Like, let's say... I go see wisdom and change. You know, what's going to happen. Let's say I go see death before dishonor. You know, what's going to happen. Yeah. But okay. let's say I go, uh, you know, but when like, you know, I don't ever, ever have to drink when I'm just 
not near wow. crazy, so crazy musicians. Probably the only way to kick that habit is to kick yes. with it. Yes. Oh, fuck. Finally, we've all come to the conclusion that to oh. save my life, I'm done with hardcore. Yeah. See ya. That's rough, dude. Jeez. <laughs> now, have you? I'm sure you played plenty of shows completely sober. Yes. Are they less fun? Is there a difference? I mean, it, it depends on the show. Like, if it's a great show, it's just the same. But if it's a bad show, then I can see it clearly. And I feel like, you know, when you were just saying when the crowd's like kind of boring, yeah, yeah. then it's like, fuck. And I don't, when, when I'm, uh, you know, a little intoxicated, when the crowd's boring, sometimes I get mad and then I push myself to make sure it's a good show, meaning I'll just go out into the crowd and make it a good show myself. Yeah. But so if, you wouldn't do I, that sober, probably. I might, but in a different way, maybe in a more like positive way, not in a, a negative way. I don't know. Who knows? How about this? But, Is a drunk good show better or worse than a sober good show? Probably worse. Because I probably don't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. There's a reason to, to okay. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. Just having like like I like Luke to be buzzed when he plays. I like that. Cause if, if he he's not, he's kind of nervous, if you ask me, you know? And uh a little more uptight. So I like him to be a little buzzed, and I think he plays better and he's uh more entertaining, you know what I'm saying? But right. maybe Definitely not completely drunk like that happened right. before, and that's a bad look. But I, I, I think, <clears throat> to be honest, this is probably not good for me to say, but I think <laughs> that I would prefer a like if if the buzz is from one to ten, a, a, a Scott Vogel buzzed between six, five, and seven for a live show. I think that would be my favorite. That my favorite show. Because I've seen you at that p- at that pace, and yes, that's when I say this is what one thing I say about you as a frontman, relentless. And I think when you're in that category, that five to seven, you're relentless, like you won't take no for an answer. But you know what happens with that? Hmm. The six leads to seven. The seven leads to eight. The eight leads to nine. And the nine leads to Scott getting yelled at after the show by his band. You stupid irresponsible idiot yeah but that's like way later not like it's you didn't ruin the show you ruined after the show the bus ride or the hotel but did they ever yell at you it seems like unless i'm be honest i think uh when i watch the the interaction the relationship of you and your band members and it seems like you got a solid grip on all of those guys they know their roles they know who the boss is and uh it seems like you got a good situation no the boss has been yelled at for Damn. for said uh, crimes that I just confessed to. Because I remember the first night of the last tour we did together, you broke the television. Remember that? <laughs> well, With that a, stuff's fine. That That's my problem. Well, this is the I, thing. This is the thing. If that would happen to my band, we would be so fucking hard on the dude that did it. And I was the thing I noticed nobody said, nobody really said anything to Scott about that. Oh, interesting. That motherfucker's running that shit. No, Maybe I'm I wrong. mean, <laughs> I had to apologize and I had to probably pay for it. You did That's on me. It, yeah, yeah. But if that shit happens during the set, 
then I get yelled at. Mm, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Which is definitely, you know, they probably should yell at me for all of it. <laughs> Who's the most but, stern against you in the band when you do do wrong? Who's the most vocal about it? It's either Martin or Nick. Mm. Good, good, good. They put you in your place a little bit, I guess. Do you I mean, ever have not, like you ever have like guilt? Often. It's like once every other year, so five times or how long we've we been a band? Twenty years. So it's happened ten times. Oh, that's not bad. Come on. Yeah, yeah. How about this? Has has anyone else in the band ever reached those deg- uh, those types of things that you've done? Is anybody else ever the uh, the violator, or was it always you? Are we talking breaking things or being too fucked up on stage? Either or. Um, Martine and Jordan definitely been, have been at points where they have played way worse than they should have. Mm. Um, the stupidity. I think we've all accounted for some stupidity in different ways. You know, yeah. everybody's got their guilty pleasure. Um, yeah i've seen all you guys drunk but i never seen uh martin seems to handle the drink very well he does it sucks doesn't yeah it's great like he's like like you know real uh, observant still and you could see he's kind of drunk maybe one eye is dead or something but you know he's looking at he's still looking at you you know what i mean i think uh, jordan could get visibly drunk he could get like visibly drunk but not not anything like you'd be like uh oh like if you were luca drunk i'm like ah this is gonna suck pretty soon you know jordan's more uh i don't want to put his business out there too much but when he does substances you could catch on to his Mm, gotcha gotcha over the top vibe (laughs) (laughs) remember when when we had the trial jordan uh martin (laughs) versus jordan Damn, that was a good trial. For for debts, unpaid debts. Jordan versus Martin for debts unpaid. You were the judge, right? Judge Mancuso? Yeah, baby. That was good. I was probably I forget how it went, but we got to the bottom of it. We found justice. I was probably lawyering for Martin just out of like spite for Jordan. Yeah, you were being very hard on Jordan. You were you were supposed to be like a unbiased witness, but you were very biased. (laughs) <laughs> hey you were uh yeah and they started getting heated but we calmed it down we calmed it down quick <laughs> you know uh, i mean I, it's all in it's all in good fun totally totally i was talking to freddie the other day and we were talking about that game mafia do you guys ever, do you guys play mafia a lot i can't remember playing with you guys i don't know if i did we definitely had some sp- a lot of times with Madball actually um, you know, the, the greatest player is Craig ahead. Cause he can't handle it. He gets so mad. And it's so fun <laughs> to just gang up on him. He yeah. I've seen him get voted out first twice in a row and he just erupts and leaves and quits yes. the game. Yeah. And um, in his head, he thinks he's like a genius of this game. Like he has it mapped <laughs> out and he knows everything. He's so crazy. What a game though. What a game. Great time to, you know, that, that was a big thing. And then I got, Really crazy into cornhole. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No, sounds gross. But what is it? So when we did Warp Tour, uh, it's you. You know what it is. You have like three bean bags, and you have to throw them through oh, down. Yeah. To, okay, so when we did Warp Tour, which is seven weeks long, that was my salvation to get me through. That's all I did all day and all night was play that game. So 
after that, I was addicted to it. And we did a tour with like Backtrack and we played a ton with them. And then I was so crazy that I, I'm, I, I asked Errol to find me boards and he had to order them from the UK. So I have with our back line <laughs> in Europe, I have boards over there. So that's awesome. A, a lot of, uh, cornhole goes on over there and they think i don't know how this happened errol says it just they showed up coincidentally like this i don't believe it but they have like big american flags on them so you pull them out everywhere in europe and then we have these american flag oh my god boards and people are just looking at us they hate that over there they fucking hate that but it's great. You could do it outside the venue, or if it's the winter, you bring them in, play that all is a day. Great idea. You're not going to break anything, right? But it's like, yo, are you are you like, did you master it playing it so much, or what? Um, I don't want to pat myself in the back too much, but when you when you put you get get three bags each time. When you put all three of them through the hole, you sign the board. Next time you see the boards, check out whose names on there the most. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I do know that game. I didn't know that was the name of the game. How disgusting. What a disgusting <laughs> Right? I, I always, whenever I play games like that, like darts, pool, I always think like I'm going to be so good and I always suck. But I'm like I'm so terrible at pool. going into it. I'm like, oh, cornhole. I, I'll do that every time. And I won't even hit the board. I got Mark. Martin and his brother are really good at bowling. Like they mad ball too. We've toured with mad ball where they bring their own fucking bowling balls on tour. Wow. That is fucking yeah. insane. That's like one. What, what would you expect mad ball not to do on tour? Go bowling. Go bowling. But terror too. Martin, he does that shit where he like has some wrist action where it does like a curve ball. Wow. You know what I'm Ooh, talking about? Would, Puts yeah. Him, like, I Put some it English on it or whatever it's called. I would have never guessed. I'm like just trying to throw it straight down the fucking alley. That's hard enough for me. <laughs> Yo, one of my first jobs I ever had, I was a pin setter. Like the bowling alley didn't have an automatic really? thing that set up the pins. So after somebody hit the pins, if they got a strike, I had to set them up quick. If they just got three down, I'd have to like move those three off. You know what I'm saying? It cleared the three. And I just saw I Wait. I stood behind at the end of the lanes. Uh, it was they had three lanes as three different people bowled, and I had to set their pins up and clean the pins off. That was the whole thing. Did, did you have to set them in a machine that would balance no, them, or you I had to do it by hand? Had a, that's cr- how long did they have to wait for you? Not too long because I I was like fast with that, and eight, eight hours shifted at bro. That was crazy. No, <laughs> a pin. That's some. Um, that's some. Um, little town pa shit because in buffalo which isn't the biggest city in the world we had the electronic pin setter well, well we have those too but this was a, a resort that just had like a makeshift thing so oh. i i worked at the resort as a dishwasher and then some guys like you want to make extra money I'm like, yeah yeah and uh i worked with this hungarian guy named julian me and this guy he was like 60 years old they would tip you good, wouldn't they? They would tip us, yeah. And right. uh, he, they had a shooting range. They had all this like bullshit. The place is like an abandoned resort now. Like the rest of PA is like just all this abandoned shit. But uh, they, they were in town. There was real bowling alleys that did the real thing. But this little like honeymoon resort had this little bullshit one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was so stupid. I worked at a country club 
as a dishwasher. And that shit was fucking hard as hell, like washing dishes for a wedding and like a 10 course meal. And, but the good thing was we would be the last ones there washing piles of dishes and everyone would leave. So we would like drop down 50 chicken fingers, drink all the alcohol, steal the alcohol, steal pies and shit and take them home. We would stay punched in and we built a makeshift hockey rink in the basement. We'd play like broom hockey for like an hour and get paid for it. And we'd also take the golf carts out and rip up the course for a couple hours. So like that's it had its it had its perks, but the work part was insane. Yeah, washing dishes sucks. It it really does. And like that guy I told you about, Julian, he uh one night, me and the chef were throwing the garbage out, right? And it was real heavy. So the chef's like, help me with this. So like, one, two, three. And we throw it over the side of the dumpster. And then we hear smash, crash, blah. We're like, what the fuck? So we climb up the dumpster. We look in. And the night before, Julian didn't want to wash the dishes. He threw all of the dishes <laughs> into the dumpster. <laughs> I remember this guy. He used to be like a bad alcoholic. He just had a, he was from Hungary. He had a bicycle. He had no license because he got it taken away. He could barely speak English. Like if he had to go to the to the bathroom, I always remember he would say, must go pee-pee. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And uh, <laughs> But he would drink like the, you ever, what are they called? Maraschino cherries, those that those cherry things? Yeah. That they put in alcohol? Yeah. So the when the bar was done with a big jar of it, it'd be all this red juice, right? It's I'm like about, so sweet, too. I'm about oh. to dump out the juice and clean the jar. We're going to save it. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, what? He's like, good to drink. And he's oh. drinking that motherfucker. I was like, damn. That's like drinking like 20 uh, melted Slurpees. Yeah, Julian was hard, bro. <laughs> Fuck. What happened to that dude? But it was the same thing, though. After it was closed down, forget it. I was like <laughs> eating everything in sight, like going crazy. Oh. Bringing stuff home to all my roommates and stuff. Yeah. And uh. my life. Who's up? What do I got? Uh, me or you? No, I don't think you. I only got one more, I think. Yeah, this is it. I think. Wait a minute. Yep, one more. Uh, I got two more, actually. Well, I did do a sixth one in case you wouldn't answer one. I had a, a, a that was the rules. We did people at home. We did have rules to this before we started because every I good only, game has rules. I only got five. So you want you want them both? Uh, You got one left, right? I got two left. Okay. So this is your fifth one. This is my fourth. No. Oh, okay. So I just gave you the fourth. Now you're going, okay. My next one will be the fifth one. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you, so I got two left, right? Yep. Yep. All right. I'm trying to think which one. All right. Your fucking house or I don't know what you live in. House, apartment, whatever. House. Starts, starts blazing. Oh, fuck. No, no living creatures. So no humans or pets. You can grab two things. What are they? Two things. See, now this is like a question you would ask me. Yes. Psychological warfare. Okay. Two things. I'm going to grab my guitar. My Jeff Hanneman ESP guitar. Nice. And I'm going to grab... Fuck. 
a picture that my girl got me of the Death Dealer by Frank Frazetta. That's the, you ever see the cover of the Molly Hatchet album, The Guy and the Horse? Oh yeah. That that picture I have over my TV. I'm gonna grab my guitar and that picture. Very I don't nice. have any like real pictures in here. Like I was just thinking about that. I'm like, yo, when my girl moved in here, she was like, you don't hang like anything on your walls. I had like nothing <laughs> on my walls. She's like, how long have you been living here? Like just, I was like, oh, like 10 years. <laughs> She's like, and you hang up nothing. I was like, nah, for what? I, eventually I got to move out of here. So I've got uh, the opposite. Cause I've got so many framed, like cool hip hop and hardcore things. And my girlfriend's like, no more, dude. Like this, this is starting to look <laughs> stupid. Like I, the, each room gets them, and certain rooms cannot have hardcore in it. They have to be actually be like, dude, you're 47. Stop, stop what you're doing. <laughs> you gotta have a sunflower and like a sunflower <laughs> right. picture. Right. But yo, yeah, I take those things, and uh, yeah, I never put anything up. But now, I w- I. Do put up well she she decorates nice but she got me that picture because she knows i always sweated that picture i'd grab that and the guitar what what you i want to know on your end what you would grab you know i thought about this and i think this is kind of a good thing i would literally i have a drawer a drawer like a top dresser drawer that it's like a junk drawer and in there has all my like uh, like uh checks and like my passport and my social security like like important documents mm. And I literally, like, obviously, if my house burned down, it would be really devastating and everything I had would be gone. But at this point in my life, there's, like, nothing that's not replaceable. Yeah. Like, I I think that's a good thing. You know, everything, like, I have my records, but I don't care that I'm not, like, a record collector and, like, my hardcore stuff on the walls and my clothes and shit, but it's, there's really nothing. So I would just grab that shit because I imagine if your uh, house burns down, it's a motherfucker to get a, a new everything. Like a, a new license and all that shit. So very efficient that. of you. You made a choice strictly left out all emotion and just went into, into business mode with that decision. Very well, when interesting. I, when I light this place up to get the uh, renter's yeah. insurance money, <laughs> Don't, this ever, out. don't ever put that on record <laughs> just in case now, now it could be a complete accident and they play this in court yeah, I like so, that question. that's good that's good all right give me your last let one. me see okay I, and i got one more okay this is okay this is a little intricate so the first it's start it's a question but i need to ask you a question first to start it what age did you get into hardcore huh do you remember? I would, or a rough I would estimate. Put, put it at 1987, and I was born in 73, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. So 14, 15? Okay. So do you think you would be attracted to hardcore if you were 15 years old now? No. Would this scene interest you at all? If so, or if not, why? It's a really good question. And it's really sad that I have to think about it because I, I want to be like, of course I would. This is this is my path in life. But it's just so different now. Yes. Mm. It's just so different now. Yeah, we're we're sort of in the same age there. So I the know. set. 
Yeah. The sad truth is, and I was telling, uh, I was talking to someone about this. When I when I found hardcore, I was such a little scrub. I was going from this phase where I lived with my mom way out in the woods and like the, the, I don't even, yeah, the woods of Buffalo. And I was lucky enough to have my stepbrother who kind of got me into like run DMC and some hip hop stuff. And I literally had no sense of fashion style didn't know much about, you know, I was really into like Motley Crue and fucking hair metal, which I guess lends to the, to the aggressive music. Cause you yeah. know, I did, I was into black Sabbath and kiss, but then like the hair metal thing came. So I was into that, but my brother got me into hip hop and I, and then like really abruptly, my mom moved to Texas and I moved in with my dad who lived more in the city and he had more money in a nicer neighborhood, but I was just this scrub that didn't know any, I didn't know anything. And my brother got into punk. So we got, we found hardcore together, but I, you know, I had no sense of anything. So I feel like if I got, and, but then at that time, I feel like most people into hardcore were kind of, especially in Buffalo, were kind of on that same thing or like, a little bit of white trash, a little bit of lost kid, a little bit of like sense of trying to find, but also a little bit fucked up. And you like the aggressive music and the, the freaky nature and, and over the top, like the, the, the destructive nature of the music and the, the moshing and everything. Mm. I feel almost like if I got into hardcore now, I wouldn't be cool enough. And people would be like, who's this fucking weirdo get him the fuck out of here because things seem to be directed in so much of a fashion ah, i hate to say this but like you know like a like high school cool kid type thing so i don't know if i'd be attractive but i might be like get this nerd out of here well that maybe that's possible but for you for you yourself would you even from the uh, you're you're 15 years old and you're looking into hardcore in 2021 is the appeal there well i before I you could uh, even get denied would you would I, you would you want to get in i also relate it to a lot of it i was really into sports and i was pretty decent at sports and i somehow relate like I saw being the front man in a band almost as like a going the fuck off like a sport. I don't know mm -hmm. if that makes sense, yeah. but I somehow twisted it like that. And I also saw the aggression of the, the fucking dancing almost like a sport. So that leads me to believe that if I was the same kid and I saw now, and even now like shows are maybe somewhat bigger and people go off in a different like the, the the stage diving now is more sporty like stage diving back then was just like kind of plopping at the crowd for the most part like dead fish style yeah yeah or it didn't have as much you know there was no rules so you just did what you did now it looks kind of when you got the right person in the right crowd i can be like wow that person's got some fucking skills so that side of it yes i i think i would still be attracted to it but some of that other stuff I saw, I feel like maybe I felt like I wouldn't, I wouldn't fit in. Mm. Yeah. 
I could see. I, I see your points on that. And you know what? I didn't think of that. The angle of yes, dancing and, and all of that. It's still very aggressive. It's still and and it's it's if if not, I think it's better. It's cooler looking, like you said. It's more, you know, it's got a style to it more so now than maybe it did in the past. Right. Maybe I think not. I'd be into that. Yeah, I would. That that would be appealing. You're right on that one. I didn't even think of that. That's good. I was wondering where you'd go with that. We still don't and know for sure, but you gave no. us some, some and I know possibilities. You, I know you want me to say no because I know you think you wouldn't. I don't. I didn't want you to say either. I just wanted because I wanted to hear how you would think it down, or how you would think it through, and and that last thing was something that never even crossed my mind. That might be appealing to me now. You know, this is the thing. Uh, this is one thing I was thinking about when I was writing that for you is what was the competition? Like what was the other music scenes? So back then maybe there was a cooler, there, there wasn't a cooler music scene in our minds. So what is the competition currently to a 15 year old? Is it this fucking weirdo hip hop of these right. rappers that so, really suck? Cause I know the SoundCloud scene. Yeah. I wouldn't right. be into that goofy shit. Like, pussies with tattoos on their faces that can't rap i don't want to hear that shit but it's it's hard to say for sure you know what i mean so maybe this is still the strong alternative to the to the 15 year old that has the mentality i had but maybe not it's hard to say you know but i think it's possible it's possible because what is going on in music right now i mean you can't even get a uh, I mean, you have to search to hear a song that has a guitar on it. Like, you know, it's like you're not going to hear it on a radio. That's for damn sure. I don't know when they stopped playing any song with a guitar on a radio, but at some point your, they stopped. Your boy Machine Gun Kelly's rocking that guitar like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I forgot about, about that. I forgot. I actually <laughs> saw people debating about that on on Facebook today, and uh, I didn't chime in because I don't know. But people were like. Somebody's hating on it. People are like, no, it's actually really cool. And I was got so upset that people were saying it's actually really cool. Like, come on, man. I'm a negative negative five thousand fan of that shit. Yeah, I don't like that kind of pop punk anyway. But for this fucker that come out of nowhere and fucking do that shit, I don't like that shit. Imagine if like, okay, uh, imagine if uh, if I don't even know who's a fucking artist nowadays. If if uh I'm trying to think if Drake started a hardcore band and all of a sudden was like the, the biggest hardcore band, you'd be like, What the fuck? Get the, the fuck out of here with that shit. The Let's sad thing Kelly. is that there's probably a lot of hardcore kids that would love the Drake hardcore band they and would, yeah. mosh like crazy for it. I know. Get the Drake. I can't stand that motherfucker Drake. That's one that we should have mentioned with that first question. Drake, Ugh. people like Drake. What the fuck? Like that's <laughs> how is it even likable? He looks like a total goofball right off the bat. You don't want a goofy looking rapper unless it's like a goofy style, like you know, flavor flavor, some shit like that. But like a guy who's uh, not visually appealing, but somehow they're telling me is a sex symbol. Like I'm looking at this camel face. This ain't no sex symbol. And then on top, his rapping is goofy, and he's Canadian. The come on how could we let a canadian take the hip-hop crown that is so fucking disheartening man this world's upside down inside out forget it and don't tell me you like drake though please i know you're a rap guy me hell no i don't know who Get knows the fuck out of here i told Gross. you i saw cormega in the studio son dude amazing 
Yeah, so he lives cool. out here. He lives up uh, a lot of a lot of older rappers live in this area. It's funny. That's very cool. Jealous. And what do you guys? One more? Or we did them all. I got one more. Oh shit! This is it. Oh and fuck! It's a two two park. What time is it? Uh, nine forty three, a.m. So we're at home. We're at like an hour and a half. That's good, right? Not bad at all. Not bad. Beautiful thing. All right. So it's a two part question. Okay. Tell me from your memory, what's the most perfect, perfectly laid out hardcore venue you ever played? Like, you know, the stage is perfect. The room is perfect, blah, 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 blah. And to counter that, what's the most bizarre? Like you played on top of a, the most bizarre where you're like looking at yourself, like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Because of the, the, the venue or some, some sort of show situation. Okay. The most perfectly- you can start. You can start with either one, whichever one. Yo, uh, when you said perfectly, I started trying to think, and, and nothing popped in my head immediately. But when you said whacked out, I remembered this place, but I can't remember the name. But it was like upstate New York, right? And you fucking bring Buffalo into this. No, it definitely wasn't Buffalo. It was like maybe a started with an O, like Aso something. Oswego. Maybe something like that. Yeah, maybe something like that. It was a very random show that you know they got booked and we did it and but it was in a venue that had was like a storefront and it was a window that was out on the sidewalk so you'd walk in and as soon as you walk in like the stage is immediately to your right okay so the door and the stage is against the same wall and your back is against the glass storefront window uh passerbyers yeah, well, I guess, you know, like you don't, you're not really conscious what's going on there. You just know that's weird. But then everybody that walks in is kind of like, you know, or, or out, like walks right by the band. You know? <laughs> so then it, the place went back like, uh, like it was, it was, went back a little bit like uh, 20 feet kind of narrow, which could be good. But then it goes left real far. So it's like shaped like an L and then that's where the, the bar is. Oh, damn. So the bar is completely out of sight from the stage, like completely. And the bulk of the room is all around that bar and the door. (laughs) What? So, so the door has a a guy sitting there with a table. So he takes up room right there. So nobody's on the side of the stage unless they're just passing through in and out and being in, it was just such a goofy setup. I was like, so, (laughs) and I remember having a, a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream on top of my amp. Mid, mid between song scoops. I had one in the beginning, then I just left it there. And then at the end, though, I was kind of bummed. Like, yeah, I was whack. I mean, the people, you know, the people that were watching, it was great, you know, good, good, good. But I was just like, it was very hard to get into it. And the sound was really weird. But uh, then I saw that Ben and Jerry's and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. And it just melted to like the perfect point. You know what I mean? Because like <laughs> yes. the top of the amp was getting hot, like warm. Right. And I opened it up. I'm like, oh, I forgot how bad that show was because I had that chubby <laughs> hubby Ben and Jerry's baby. So that was a bad one. I wish I could remember the name of the place. A good one. I always did like the the layout isn't ideal, but I always you mentioned it earlier, the underworld in London. I always did like that place because I liked how the floor was deep set. You know what I mean? Yes. You step down into it. And even yes. though it wasn't a super high stage, like the, so, so people that were behind the dance floor 
they could still see because there was those two levels. But then it did have like that, that weird turn, and you know, so some people just could not see shit. But I always liked that that venue and the way that was laid out. I thought size wise was good, and uh, it wasn't. You know, if the place is a little too big. That kind of sucks. Right. And and I got to give props, of course, to Club Reverb and Reading Homies Club, Chris's, because it's just you see the band from wherever you are. So when there's a good show there, and your band's playing you're going to have a good fucking spot. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like the local joint that everybody loves, you know, but I do, I do love reverb. And I think I'm going to see you guys there in, uh, coming yes, up. Yes, but don't talk about it yet. Cause I'll get in trouble by Vitella. in 2026. I'm going to see, Terry but Rock. we do have a special night that night. Yes, yeah, we do. I do need a favor and I really need it. Yeah, you got it. That's already done, baby. It's on the calendar. <laughs> but no, definitely remind me because I got a bad memory. But you know, yeah, I got that. Do you know uh, the Lost Horizon in Syracuse? Yeah. Yeah, played there. They had the same thing where you could step down. It, it had like a, a pit area where you have to enter the pit. Yeah. So you know, you know what you're getting yourself into. And then everyone that's not entering the pit is up a couple steps higher yeah. so they can see clearly. So I always, and they, they had good sound there. It was a lit, just a little bit too big for some shows, but at the, at its prime when Syracuse was like on fire, there would be like, you know, four or 500 hardcore kids there. So it, that yeah. venue was fucking amazing. Yeah, that place is dope. Played play there a couple times. The first time I played there was with Earth Crisis, all right? So it's their show, and I'm playing there with Coming Correct, all right? Nice. And our drummer doesn't show up. So <laughs> I'm going to play the drums, okay? And I don't, I don't play drums. <laughs> and we don't even have drums. So Rick is like, gets Earth Crisis to let me borrow their drums. And uh, I played Earth Crisis a drum set. I was so stoked because I was like, yo, Earth Crisis, oh, shit. But I'm like, and then the dude from Earth Crisis was watching me play drums. And I knew he was like, this, this motherfucker sucks. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yo, did you tell like, him? Did I you was like, like, yo, I'm, I'm the guitar player, but I do didn't come up. He's like, oh, no problem. He was real nice. No problem, man. Here you go. He probably thought I would do better than I was, but I was like humiliated. But it was it was dope. And the last time I played there was a Madball show. That was the very last time. But throughout the years, nice. yeah, been up there a lot. Yeah, that is a cool layout. Now that you think, now that you mention that, and uh, I never was at a like a a small show there, like something that didn't sell out. So I, I'm not. I can't remember it, how big it was, but it, how many people would it fit? You think like five hundred? It's like a a decent. You know, it's kind of if you. If you don't know and you just walked in there, you think it's like a rock nightclub, I guess. Yeah. That's the vibe with the bar and, you know, it's kind of dirty. And, but I would say like legal capacity, maybe 500, but I, I don't know. See, that's perfect. And I love you. Like to me, I like a club. It's got to look, I like when it looks like a rock club, it's got to have a bar. Yes. And it's got to be, I'd love if it's somehow black and red and dirty. You know what I mean? I this love could be, this could be, it's yeah. got a, it's got a strip club next door, right? Touching it like right in the same sharing a parking lot. It's got a nice parking lot to pull your fucking van in. It's in the, 
so kind of the suburb. It's not like downtown, so it's easy to get around. Pretty pretty close to a perfect venue, nice. I would say. Yeah. Dope. Very good, Scott. Great idea. You did a good thing for a bad man. We got, <laughs> You're the we got, bad man? Well, I was like saying that. What's that from? A good thing for a bad man? Oh, uh, Bronx Bronx Tale? Yeah. Classic. <laughs> uh, nobody mentioned those movies, those hits. They're, they're classics. Oh, amazing. That. And amazing. a new Sopranos movie coming out. I know you're excited for that. I hope. I get worried about things sometimes. I know. It could be whack. What was the new Scorsese movie with De Niro and the Irishman? Pesci? The Irishman. Nah, didn't didn't love it. Nah, you know what? Didn't love you it. know what the biggest problem was to me. What did Goodfellas have? What did Casinos ha Casino have? It had elements of humor, right? Like there uh, were some funny characters. Some the Irishman had no humor at all. No funny characters. Nothing. You know what I mean? To be like make you smirk. It was just really dry and long. And the goofy special effects to make people look different ages, like just get somebody to play the part that could fucking looks the part. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Fucking, do, you could you could tell something was off. But you got you know, Joe Pesci in your movie, and he's not he's not making you laugh. Like, uh, what's wrong with you, Scorsese? You're slipping. Do you know Sleepers with De Niro? Yeah, is that the one where he's a priest? Yes. Yeah, fuck. classic. Classic. Oh my god. That Nothing was, like a good movie. Hell's Kitchen it took place in. That was a yes. good one. I haven't seen that in years, though. It's funny what we remember, right? Like that. You said that, and I'm like, I've seen the bar scene, the two guys sitting in the bar. Like, our brains are fucking crazy, bro. Fucking Kevin Bacon's the, the uh, whatever you call it, the officer. Oh, Ooh, man. What a creep. I when would be like, I can't play that role, right? If he, if I was I Kevin Bacon, I'm like, I don't know if I want to play that role, man. Like, uh, it's a bad right. look. He pulls it off, though. He looks all greasy and slimy. Yeah, it's such a dirtbag, especially when, when they find him later in life. Oh. When they catch him and he's eating a steak and he's, they tell him who they are, yeah. he just looks at him and goes, oh, you guys were little shits back then. I, and he just like goes back to eating his food. What a yeah. fucking piece of yeah. shit. Right. So when that part came, when he was talking to him like that in my head, I'm like, yo, he did this to every kid that went through there. He probably, oh, you know what I mean? Fucking scum rat. Yo, what was that Kevin Bacon movie? Because uh, you mentioned him now, and then my mind starts seeing him dig holes in the backyard. Like, what was that? You know what I'm talking about? No. He's like hearing voices and shit, and he starts digging holes all over the place. And No, know, it sounds, under his, sounds in good, his though. basement, in his backyard, and he was looking for, I don't know. I'll, if I think of it, I'll fucking text you. Now my mind's going crazy. You, you know what else he's good in? This th then I'll then I'll let you kick me off the phone. <laughs> what? He's also in another child molesting movie. That sounds terrible. Um, isn't he the cop in um, Mystic River with Sean Penn? Is he in that one? I think he's one of the cops, and it's the uh, the guy from Shawshank, Tim. Tim. Yes. Oh my God, Tim Robbins. Yes, I was trying. To, I was going to say Tim Roth, but I knew that was wrong. That's a great movie too, man. Fucking Dude. Sean Penn. Fuck. The great actor, but what a raw deal that character got. That Tim Robbins character. Oh my God. He got the raw deal in Shawshank and that movie. Yeah. And in Mystic River, he's kind of like a little bit. 
you know, of a head case a little bit, you know, because oh, yeah. of what happened to him in the past. So he didn't know how to act right. But, oh, yes. that fucking sucks. That yes. fucking sucks. But yeah, Sean Penn was hard in that movie. <laughs> Good actor. Yo, from that role to the role of him playing the Jewish lawyer in Carlito's Way. Ooh. I mean, this, yo, that's light night and day. That's a sign of his, a good actor right there. His fucking coke habits are unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When he killed the mob dude on the boat. Uh, on the boat. Car- Carlito was like, you just killed us both. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yo, I'm off work tomorrow. I'm going to watch movies tonight. Fuck it, motherfucker. I'm going to watch all night. Make a fucking microwave popcorn. Put a little extra MSG on that. I'm going to join you because two, two days ago, I had to take my car in to get fixed at 830. Today, I had to go to the dentist at 830. Tomorrow, I'm not doing shit. Yeah. It's going to be a late night at the Vogel residence. Oh, yes. TV on. Hell yeah. Crazy shit. Crazy shit going on here. All right, homie. Anything you want to say before we bounce? Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, that was good. We didn't fucking hardly mention terror at all. That's great. I love terror, but sometimes I just don't want to talk about terror. Okay, we got a little little terror knowledge in there. You threw us some hints about about uh, upcoming albums and writing, and a little uh, into into the relationship status of the band. People were wondering who was actually holding your feet to the fire when you'd act a fool. Now they know. So yeah, we got some some terror info in there. <laughs> when I ruin the set, who yells at me? Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna watch a little closer because I couldn't really <laughs> tell a couple times. Like, hmm, does anybody say anything to this fucking maniac? You let him act like this all the time. Ugh. Yo, don't don't get don't get in their heads. I'm gonna like <laughs> nah, teasing, they drop drop something. And be like, what the fuck is your problem, asshole? Pick that up. <laughs> now imagine if they turn like that. They're like, you know, I was listening to that podcast. I think we should be a little more stern to Scott. Uh, now nah, the fuck you throw him right out. You say you're out. I'm getting a fucking new guy. I'm getting Luke Rota on the drums. No, nah, you guys could never be in a band together. That would be so bad. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Peace out. Bye. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post-America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you're in? This is Post-America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!